Today's episode of Brody and the Beard is brought to you by Remarkably Remote, a new daily microcast from GoToMeeting, all about making working from home work for you. With indispensable intel on how to stay sane, motivated, and productive at home, we're here to help you in this brave new remote working world. Add to your flash briefing on Alexa or subscribe on your favorite podcasting app. On today's episode of Brody and the Beard, we're going to talk about Kelly's article with John Hollinger about the future of the Rockets, which I have a small bone to pick with Kelly about it, which we're going to get into in the pod. And then I have a question for Kelly about Russell Westbrook and James Harden. If the offense is triangular, it's something like a prism. Put you on that lockdown defense like a prison. Hakeem was the dream. The MVPs must be his children. They won 22 games in a row. That's a rhythm. Triple double rust, man. I need you to acknowledge he don't do this for the optics, man. He do this for the Rockets. Opponents want the smoke. They in his pockets. Don't you get them started? He a monster. He a lockness. Ah. And James Harden, that's the beer gang. Every time he dribble, his opponents feeling fear, man. It's Brody and the beard, don't be a victim. The legends in the flesh to the show you are a witness. Seek and you shall find all the answers to your questions. Tune in, he gon' tell the truth just like confessions. Gather round, come and hear the word just like a Christian. I'm urging you to listen, it's the Kelly ecosystem. Welcome to a new episode of Brody and the Beard. On the Athletic Podcast Network, I'm your host, Mo DeKeel, and with me, as always, is my man, Kelly Eco, beat writer for the Houston Rockets. What up? Yo, Kelly, I, I'm sure everybody's noticed by now, we got a little new uh, intro music, man. Hey, shout out to my boy, CJ, aka Candle Joseph. If you don't know the name, better check it out on all streaming platforms. He's got a new song, Vendetta. It's my real good friend. He's so talented. Comes out of Houston, Texas. Uh, check him out, please. He See, did a real great job of it. He did everything. Damn, that shit was good. He killed it, man. <laughs> CJ, I appreciate it so, so much, man. That was awesome. I was pretty hyped about that one there. Kelly, how you doing, man? I'm all right. Uh, I think it gets easier with all this staying at home, shelter in place. Once you get a routine going, it's not so bad. Yeah, man, It's 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 been pretty... Uh, Pretty simple here. The just the hardest thing is when I have to go to the grocery store. That's like, you know, like in the oh, movies. Yeah. You know, in the movies when they, they the montage of the dude kind of like ramping up and getting all ready for war oh, or whatever. Man. That's like me. I mean, it's I am a, the dude that's zoo, going dude. in there with like eye black and everything with my mask and 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 ready to go. And I'm like, all right, it's go time. And, and it doesn't get any easier when you see the news and they're saying, you know, now is not the best time to go to the grocery store at all. So it's like. It's really, man. I got to turn off the news sometimes. Uh, no, I mean, I've I've done a lot of Amazon Fresh trying to trying to get a delivery what is time. That? It's a Amazon's grocery system, but it it's sounds, it's it hard. Sounds, it sounds it sounds elitist. So well, you know. Um, I like that you tried to. First off, I know 100. You know what it is, and two, totally tried to paint me in that corner. No, I swear and I don't. I'm okay. I swear I never and I'm okay with that. I'm it's not, fine. I never heard of that before. It's I've fine. Never heard of that. It's fine. Um, it's called Amazon Fresh. Amazon Fresh. Uh, How does it's, it work? It, well, it's just a grocery store online, but the hardest thing is getting delivery times. And I literally spend about, oh, gosh, maybe about a total of an hour a Where day. Where do they get the groceries from? Whole Foods. They have their own store? They have their own store. Oh, they have Whole Foods. They got whole this whole foods. system set up, which is, this is making for great podcasting for all Houston Rockets fans. I know you guys care about my grocery intake. Um, they, got, they got time. They got time. <laughs> But anyways, we're here, guys. Hopefully we can help you get away from uh, 
the current environment and and jump into some rocket stuff. And Kelly, you got a literally today we were recording on Wednesday, a new article up with, you know, one of my favorite guys, John Hollinger, kind of going back and forth about the Rockets future. Yeah. <clears throat> and shout out to John. Smart guy, super talented, so lucky to have, to get to sit down and talk with him. And we just kind of went back and forth on a couple of things, Rockets-wise, you know, future, cap space, flexibility, you know, small ball, Tucker's extension, stuff like that. Yeah, it was great. And I thought the the really interesting stuff that you guys got in on was the situation with Coach D'Antoni. And if he doesn't come back, like who coaches the team, who who takes over, you know, and, you know, John had brought up a point which I hadn't really even thought about too much was the the fact that may not want to pay for a top tier guy. And that that can make for an interesting case here in terms of who would be the Rockets head coach. Wait, wait, you mean like pay for him considering he does well or you're just saying on the open market in general? I'm just saying we don't want to pay for like a like bringing in like a Ty Lu is going to cost about eight oh, million a okay, year. Okay. Yeah. Like that yeah, was yeah. that was something that he had brought up that I thought was like that's a pretty pretty good point that I hadn't thought about. And this isn't the bone to pick with you part yet, Kelly. I know you're thinking that is no. Well, I'll let no, you know. That's, that's too that's too easy. <laughs> no, no. But it was interesting. Like you know what what's the prospects of the assistant coaches that the Rockets have. Do any of them you think have any any head coaching? Do they have the head coach Chops. caliber? Yeah, like you know, I, can any of them do it? Well, it, yeah. Here's the thing: the 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 thing about Mike D'Antoni that people don't understand, apart from you know the X's and O's acumen, is the human aspect. The the fact that he's able to relate to those guys so easily and so well, not many people can do that. So. I think assistant coaches wise, Brett Gunning is a smart guy. You know, Matt Brazze is a smart guy. And those guys also, you know, have been able to connect with those guys too. But I think Mike is just someone on a, who's on a different level in terms of just being a person uh, and someone who, you know, you want to play for and guys who, want, who have that green light and just the whole sense of camaraderie. Right. You know, the, it's a tough situation. Like, this is a tough team to coach. Right. So anybody you bring in, you're putting in a tough environment. Yeah, because like um, obviously the way the Rocket system is set up, the coaches that have been under Mike, they know the system like the back of their hand and they could carry that system on. But at some point, it's not just about X's and O's. Like I said, it's there are other things that go into being a head coach. Oh, gosh. People have no idea. Yeah. and, And us in the media, you know, we get so caught up in and results and and substitutions and lineups and whatever. But apart from that, you have to be a motivator. You have to be a people person because there are a lot of different egos, a lot of different personalities you have to relate to at the same time, in real time. So I think Mike does a great job of doing that. Now, if he were to leave, I think that would be the, the biggest issue for you know the front office to find someone who can fill that void, that can come in and, get the players respect and trust in a short span of time because you know who knows when the next season is going to kick off with all this stuff going on yeah i mean this stuff's crazy um and another great point too was uh i'm not sure if you made it or or john made it probably john it was probably smarter than if, you. It was, if it was a great point if it was a great point i made it no no we definitely it's actually <laughs> no, the it's reverse it's actually the reverse but john. we'll get <laughs> whoa whoa uh but uh you know but like also like you know coach d'antoni might 
you know, he's a free agent at the end of this year, might want to look at some of these other jobs that might open up during this time. And, and that might make things a little bit interesting. And then he had probably, you know, what if he leaves and then and then they start the season? Now you're coming in with a new coach and then, it's you know, maybe it's Coach Turner taking over. Like it's a tough <laughs> it's a tough spot in that sense of like such a weird. I don't even know the right word for it. Uh, it's just a weird situation that this that they could end up in if something like that were to happen. And, you know, it's a funny thing you said, because us, we don't think about coaches on the market. We tend to think of players. But, you know, if Mike were to leave or at least take like interviews elsewhere, he'd be a pretty tantalizing, you know, option. So a lot of teams would love to have his services, because if you look at 2016 till now, you know, this has been arguably the greatest in recent history, the greatest era of Rockets basketball. They've seen the most success in the regular season. They've, they've gone the farthest in the playoffs between, I guess, 20, what, 10 and now. So I think if he were to leave, it would be pretty hard for them to replace. Oh, it's going to be tough to replace him regardless, I think. And that's big shoes to fill and and everything like that. Everybody needs to go read this article. And now we're going to get to the point of uh, where I looked at Kelly. I, I read it and I said, man, I'm going to have to go at Kelly here a little bit. And you were right pre-call. It was the Daryl Morey stuff where you've, you made a comment in there in the article and basically saying like, you know, a front office with strong backing wouldn't be able to. Well, talking about the hold on, you don't get interrupt us yet. I uh, the the you looked at the Capella trade and you said this is almost shows that they have the the backing of ownership. You know, yeah. being able to make the compella trade means the front offices, you know, that Morey of all people has has that security. And I don't necessarily agree with it. We've seen front offices make swing for the fences trades, you know, that, you know, was basically save my job type trades. And ended so up not you, really are you working calling, out. Are you calling this a save my job trade? It, it was because like the way the team was trending. You, it, it, they definitely nobody felt confident that this okay. team was. But, but how did you a, see? How did you see it in terms? Well, the way I said it was really, I, I know you talk about swing trades and save my job trades, but this move was one that you don't see in the NBA. You don't see teams moving their starting center, who's twenty five years old, making sixteen million dollars a year, you know, on a contender. You don't see that. So I thought, I just thought, with them, you know, committing to small ball and them allowing Daryl to pull that trigger. I saw it as ownership saying, okay, we support you and let's see what you do. That's how I saw it. Now, obviously this is a results-based business and um, should the Rockets flame out, you know, they might look elsewhere. But as far as that move is considered, I didn't think it was a move that he had to do looking over his shoulder. I think that he had full support of of, um, ownership. But that's just me. Uh, I just I just look at it in the sense of this was a situation where they looked at the team going like, what we have now is not going to work. Let's just do something completely out of the and box. And he wasn't going to be playing anyway. Yeah, he wasn't going to be playing anyway. But, yeah, and but, they, they, they went out of the box, which is – and I'm not killing the trade or anything like that. You know, I just – I don't – I wouldn't look at it as saying that making that so trade – So you're saying he's not in the green. Yeah, he's I'm not, not saying – Okay, I'm not. Okay. I'm not saying he's safe. Oh, I, I, you know, I don't necessarily know one way or the other. I just think, yeah. and 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 also, and here's something that's kind of important too. 
I don't know how much, and this is purely speculation, folks. This is this is purely reckless speculation, but we're on day whatever of the quarantine. Um, I don't know if there's, just like D'Antoni, there might be an interesting job out there or two that might catch his eye. For Daryl, yeah, you yeah, and I talking about this. That that he might yeah. want to jump at. You know, this is this is one of those things. I mean, there's there's a lot going on. And, and with it's, the it's been said, it's been said that you know, and they've said this all year. I've heard this all year that this this era of Rockets basketball is 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 is, is you know this is the it's do or die time for Houston. I said this early in the season. If they lose in the first round. There's going to be some Rolling Stones. <laughs> so that's just the way to put it lightly. <clears throat> but um, some honestly, Rolling Stones. Yeah. Rolling Stones. Are, he, uh, heads, heads are going to roll. roll. My goodness, go. man. <laughs> hey, I've been <laughs> in the house. Quarantine. Still. Quarantine. still. <laughs> Rolling Stones is a band, is a rock band. Like, but you like, know what I mean? Stones are going to, you know what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Oh, hey. folks. We're dealing with some stuff here. Relax. (laughs) (laughs) But but honestly, but you've been around teams where they've made moves that you might have been that you might have questioned with you know the Clippers. But how how do you see any parallels? Like, is there any move that the Clippers made while you were there that you were like, eh? But it was for a coach trying to save his job, or some 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 decision was trying to be made where they had to get past a certain round or past something? Well, I mean, a lot of times I always find it unfair when, when teams and, and, and management's like, we have to get past this round, for, you know, to kind of prove where, you know, th- to save a, this coach's job or, or whatever. And I always find that kind of unfair. I'm like, if you're thinking that way, you don't have that dude's back. You need a new coach, plain and simple. Like that's, that's just the kind of way I look at it. If you're putting it down to like, he has to win these four games. Otherwise we got to fire him. To me, then you're not, you guys aren't on the same page. Like, that's a problem for me. And I think that's so important that the front office ownership and the coaching staff and all the way to the players are all on the same page. So if you're thinking that way as an organization, you're already in trouble. So um, I've been in that situation with with Coach Del Negro, um, with the Clippers, and, and you know, it, it, it was pretty clear how that one eventually, you know, they we made the move and we got Doc Rivers, which obviously is an upgrade in terms of coaching uh no no offense to to coach Vinny, but that's just you know the the way it works and you know when i look at this rocket team and i look at even if we got this year's even if we get the playoffs this year like and this is one of the few things you said that was smart in your article kelly um yeah i'm taking shots uh this is what happens when i podcast while i'm hungry man um <laughs> yeah <laughs> you did say you know like this playoffs is so weird like if we do get playoffs, it's going to come down to so many weird characteristics. You know, are you conditioned? This isn't like a normal setup, right? Like, no. you know, are uh, how well is the did the team react to this time off? You know, are they coming in and 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 ready to play, or is there going to be rust? There's just so many weird things yeah. with this. Like basing anybody's job on this year's if we get it playoff performance for the COVID NBA championship. Like, I don't know. Yeah, I think if it's unfair. That's fair. I think it's unfair. Yeah. yeah it's not fair it's, because it's just, not, it really is. You can't plan for a freaking pandemic. I mean, it's just odd. Like this is a whole thing, you know, and, and it could work the reverse way too. Like we, we're going to see some, if we do get the playoffs, there's going to be a team that's just going to be like, wow, they're playing so much better than before the break. And, 
you know, there's going to be a plethora of articles of this. The break helped this team, but hurt this team and things like that. It's just too weird in that sense. So basing it just on that. But if you're at that point where you got to say, like, yo, it's it's conference finals or or bust or and, and, or we're going to send this guy out of town. Then yeah, you're, but, you're already but in that if you're Houston, spot. If you're Houston, think about it like this. OK, since Mike has been there. What, 2016-17, they go out, what, round two? 27-18, they go out conference finals. 2018-19, they go out second round. Um, at what point do you, you know, do you just keep, do you just keep throwing shit against the wall? And, and I, I don't know. I just think. I, 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 let me put you this way, though. The, all three of those times, who did they lose to? The team that went to the finals. Right? Yeah. Well, right. 16, 17? Or, no. Oh, that's San Antonio, no. right? Yeah, that's San Antonio. Okay. Well, yeah, no. but but I, I see, Sasha, and, edit and, that out. I, I was I, I made a mistake. <clears throat> edit that out, Sasha. <laughs> and, and I and I, I agree. I agree with that. But at some point, you have you can't rely on more victories. You can't say, okay, well, we lost, but because we lost to the team that won it, it's it's okay. At some point, people are going to start, you know, raising eyebrows. Yeah, but you also built this team. You built a team that's built for just one type of coach. True. That's that's true. That's and, that's and, that's the hard part. So are you saying okay? I'm asking you this: whose job is safer? If, if 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 you're if you're blindfolded, you got to pick one. Who are you picking, Mike or Daryl? That I'm gonna get rid of. No, who's are you going to say that who's not who's closer to the green? Oh, well, I think that's uh, um, uh, uh, Daryl's closer to the green, like he's safer, you know, but just because I think, you know, Coach D'Antonio, we've talked about it many times, not having a contract for next year, the whole thing like that's that's kind of pretty obvious. So I think that's that's kind of the obvious change. That's really kind of the only change that they can make for the most part. Um, that's, and, and it's, it's just weird in that situation. That's what's confusing me, Kelly. It's just so weird because it's like, but you built literally the roster around a team that only he can coach. I don't know many coaches that can come in and, 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 <laughs> and take have this a team, team yeah. with no center on the roster, yeah. basically. And, and I think there's going to be a story about this, like in the future, but, this is one of the weirdest times in NBA history where, you know, championship chasing is specifically dovetailed into one team and one team trying to beat it, which is the Rockets trying to beat the Warriors. And even though the Warriors right now are a sleeping giant, um, the NBA didn't get any easier. I know everyone talked about, oh, it's going to be wide open. No, it's, 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 it's still just as hard. You know, the Clippers and the Lakers, the Bucks, you want to put the Raptors in there, you know, it's still... You still have to go through weeks to get to, to, to the promised land. So I think when it's all said and done, um, can you really fault Mike D'Antoni for this? I don't think so. I oh, think, no. And no you can't, way. And can you fault Daryl Moore for this? I don't think so. Like, a little it's a bit. collective effort. I mean, like, what, okay, so what part? I mean, there's... He, there 2017-18, 2017-18, okay, let's... It's, 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 here's, here's where I look at it for where, where I have an issue with... With Daryl, and 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 maybe it's unfair to say that, that it's his fault or, or or put some blame on him, but the issue is there are no assets in the cupboard. Yeah, but at, you you also have 
James and Russ's assets. Like those are still assets. Like if you want to, it's going to be hard to move world, Russ at this point. But okay, that's what I'm saying. If you're Daryl, why are you thinking about moving? You're not thinking about moving Russ or James. You're trying to build around those guys. But, so, but that's why you got to have assets. But you can't have two great. Okay, it's it's it, very few times in NBA history have you seen a team that has two All NBA players and assets like that doesn't happen. I that agree with happen. it. I, I agree where it's tough, but there's certain thing. There's certain areas where you just got to find yeah, ways sure. to for make sure, for sure. smart yeah. moves and like things the EG, like that. And the Eric, the Eric extension, I don't think you needed to give you know that much. It didn't need to be that high of a number. That kind of that kind of you know handca- handicapped you a bit. There are, there are other ways you could have done some other moves and stuff like that. But at the end of the day, uh, semantics be, be damned. Kevin Durant goes down, you know, game five. Series is, series is tied. They come back in that game. Oracle Arena is dead quiet. They don't get it done. Game six, they don't get it done. Like, there's no, like at that point, it's like they had the guys on the floor that could have got the job done, correct? I don't think any yeah. other move... I don't think you could have. There's no other hypothetical player that you could have put there that would have changed the situation. I don't think so. For either year, like you, you, you missed twenty seven threes. That never happens, but it, it happened. You know, like you right. can't plan for that. <laughs> I mean, because like, you can't you know, say don't take those shots. They're open. No, no, I get it. And and all I'm saying is like when I look at their future. Yeah. Like I just all the future just, is, is, is just now you have just <laughs> now you have even if you wanted to get out of playing this small ball system. Yeah. You don't have any real way to get out of it. It's hard. No, like think, now you're in a tough spot. Yeah. They're married to it now. Yeah. They're, they're, they're yeah married and, to and, it. and at least till, at least till after next year, you know, and then you, yeah. then, then, you know, things are up in the world. And that's where I also wouldn't be surprised if Daryl just goes like, yo, I got to get out of here. It's, it's one of those things, but uh, you, you know, and, and, Please don't look at it like I was taking a, a shot at Daryl. I think he's great. I just think it's it's and making trades in general are all difficult, as you heard from the last podcast with Rafael Stone. You know, it's just one of those things like you got to figure out what you got to do to get deals done. And I just think they they've put themselves in a tough situation in terms of assets. But I want to go to my next question, Kelly. And this is the way things were going. Uh, the issue I look at it with not the, not an issue, but here's my question for you. This team kind of started to go on a little bit of a run when they turned the when they went to the small ball and basically unleashed Russ. Is this becoming more Russell Westbrook's team, or is it still going to be Harden's team? Uh, I, oof, that's a good question. And, and you know, you have to give a bit of context. Like last year, you know, Chris Paul goes down. And it's head and shoulders James' team because he goes on this crazy tear. You know, his usage goes up, his points go up. He scores 30 points in, what, 32 straight? And it's undoubtedly his team. So when Chris Paul comes back, uh, playoffs, you really see the, the struggle between, you know, those two, you know, as far as, you know, executing for a team against the Warriors. The, there was a physical, there was an outward, you know, struggle. Now, you know, this whole small ball was to was to maximize Russ's talents, not James. Right. Everything that they've done, if you look at how teams are planning for the Rockets now, they're planning for Russ. Like there was a point where they were planning for James, obviously sending doubles and whatnot, but this Russ tear has been incredible. You're seeing teams 
try everything. They're putting centers on them. They're packing the paint. They're trying to shift things to to make it harder for Russ, not James. So I don't know how to answer that question. I, th- I think James has done well for, you know, allowing Russ to, to flourish and what have not. But I, I think if you're a team in the playoffs against the Rockets, I think you're trying to game plan more for Russ than James because you know what James is going to do. Russ is you, – you can't – like you can plan for it, but he's such a freak of nature that I think that, that gives you more headaches at night than, than what James is going to do. Right, and, you know, I think – you know, it, it's not lost on me that part of unleashing Russ is because defenses were sending two guys at Harden right as soon as he crossed half court, and that kind of opened things up for for Russ. But also at the same point too, it's like the offense is almost built more for the te- the ball to be in Russ's hands more than yeah, James. That's, yeah, and, that's and, what I'm saying. Yeah. yeah, with this with this whole set setup, so that's that's an interesting question where I'm just I'm not a hundred percent sure where that falls down the line like if russ had been doing this all season from the they if they'd committed to this from they'd october they'd be number one seed or two uh, seed. Whoa, whoa, whoa whoa i'm not i'm not going there well i'm saying if they put okay listen if they would have been playing the way they're playing they would have yeah, been but were, very but close have, to the one seed they're like what but i have questions five, about i have questions about whether I, I have questions of whether they'd be able to maintain it look they started to they started to slump energy wise and things like that and and, yeah, and we're taking sure. a few losses i don't know i the, the for me i don't know if the the whole s- small ball system can survive an entire season um with with just the amount of overload and, and yeah, burden that goes on guys like tucker goes on covington and stuff their to, legs are to their legs play. are fried like i was talking to i was talking to a trainer about this kenny ellis um and he just said like because that stretch where the Rockets lost like four in a row where they were getting killed on the glass, um, their legs are just shot. And you need and they were missing everything. You need your legs to shoot and to rebound. And they were getting killed in both areas. So, like, after a while, small ball, you know, you banging with bigger bodies for 48 minutes, it does wear on you. So I could kind of see where that came from in terms of fatigue, you know, and just overall slump in play. Right. But, my, but what I was trying to say... Um, before we got into that, though, is like I'd be curious to see what the perception of Russ would be had they been doing this since October, and oh, he'd been you, on this you run mean in terms of like team, like whose team it was. Yeah, like I'd be very curious because because the start of the season it was definitely Harden's team, right? Like even with Russ, we weren't really having this conversation. It was more how yeah. will Russ fit with Harden. I really, I really think it's both. I think I think it's I think this is one of the red teams where. That question doesn't really come up. Um, it certainly came up, you know, 2016, I mean, 17, 18. But um, I think that's where the, the whole friendship thing comes in. I, I, I just don't think internally that's a question. Uh, I think it's more of a, it's kind of like the early years of, of, you know, Wade and Braun, when, you know, Braun would get his and then Wade would get his. I think that's kind of how it is now. So it's not really a question of whose team is it really, but who who gives defenses more of a headache? And it's Russ. Um, because this doesn't start. He has no off button. I, I don't know where it is. He just comes at you with the full force of Thor. So it's like, I don't know. I don't know how you stop it. The full well, force of Thor. Wow. <laughs> You're a comic book nerd? 
I hate comics. So you no. just pulled out a Thor <sighs> reference. Nerds. <laughs> <laughs> Sasha, see, we gave Sasha the green light on a soundboard, and that's Sasha the first one. No, that was it, man. and she just dunked on you. That is the place where I want to end it. Then, <laughs> <laughs> Sasha calling you a nerd. Um, that is a perfect place. The to... only comic I endorse is Archie Comics. Every every other comic can. At know. least Kelly, at least be a cool comic, not Archie Comics. At Archie least comics be like it is... you're, you're drunk. <laughs> Wow. Okay. Okay. Um, wow. Wow. Sasha's getting a little carried away now. We got two sounds right here right away. Put the thing away. <laughs> but anyways, I, I just think it'll be an interesting thing to watch um, really next season, I guess, because we're not – even if we get the playoffs, I'm not sure if that'd be enough to, to gauge it. But I think you're right, and teams will game plan, you know – keeping an eye on it for, you know, keeping an eye on how they're going to be able to to handle the onslaught of Russ and his Thor-like explosions, as my comic book friend here put it. Um, you got anything else, Kelly? Um, Next week, we're, we're going to get into uh, Denver. I've been, I'm working on, I'm working on that for this week. Um, looking at some game film, some numbers, uh, if they do meet in the playoffs. So that should be interesting. So next week we are going to get into a little bit of Denver Rockets potential playoff uh, matchup. If we do get a playoffs, we're gonna we're gonna break that down here a little bit. Folks, stay safe, wash your hands, support your local businesses. Um, if you're able to, you know, donate to your food banks, whatever it takes. Uh, we're all going to get through this, but please, everybody, be safe, be careful, social distance, remain six to eight feet away from each other. And that's my PSA for the day. Uh, for Kelly Eco, for Sasha Shaw, for me, we out.